I use a lot of great tools to produce this show with Adam Karsh, our technical producer. But the one that has been absolutely the most important is an app for your desktop called Walter Pro. It allows me to drop any audio file type onto my phone for playback. Don't ask me how it does it, just know that it works simply and seamlessly, and everything I need to listen to ends up in the native iOS music app. Pretty genius, right? Well, now Walter Pro is part of a bigger suite of tools at softorino.com, S-O-F-T-O-R-I-N-O.com, that are all equally as powerful and simple to use. I'd encourage you to check out softorino.com and have a look at all the tools, but don't just look, subscribe to gain access to a universal license for all of them. That's right, at softorino.com. Softorino has been kind enough to give us five universal licenses to give away each week this month. To win one, all you have to do is tag us in a post that says, I listen to the Sound Podcast with Ira Haberman on your favorite social media platform. We'll gather the winners and at the end of the month, let you know if you've won. Now, on to the show. If you are sitting at home next to your radio, you're hearing the music faster than you are if you're in the hall. Listening for the secret. Searching for the sound. This is The Sound Podcast with Ira Haberman.
You've been listening to the instrumental tune The Waltz from Spafford off their recently released live album Live in Nashville recorded back on January 13th earlier this year at the Basement East in Nashville. You can almost set your clock to a live release from Spafford each tour cycle. Out on the road again, the quartet is having a lot of fun touring and making music with one another. Of course, this year is different from years past, with Corey Schechtman taking Andrew Red Johnson's spot on keyboards. I caught up with Brian, Jordan, and Corey to talk about live in Nashville, cover tunes, making music, family life, and more. Have a listen. So you've released Spafford live in Nashville. Um, the Basement East, I believe, is the venue. And if my research is correct, it was January 13th, 2023. Right off the hop, I'm curious about how you guys decide what show to release kind of officially on like the streamers versus what's available on Bandcamp and and nugs like you know for the for the rabid fans they've already heard this show and have already loved it obviously but for for the noobs i guess this is more for the noobs than than those people right yeah i mean to get technical with it um when we release everything as fast as we try to on tour with having so many dates in a row the means in which that these recordings are are recorded and then presented to platforms like Bandcamp and nugs to try to get it up the next day is it's a great quality of 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 audio um and as we record that um we're also recording the more high quality audio as well to a separate computer. When we do get feedback from the fans on which, you know, nights that are really good or not, or versions that we've really loved, we go back into those versions and then we pull the high quality audio and then we get that mixed and mastered by a separate engineer that's not on the road with us because our engineers on the road don't have as much time to, to spend the time doing that. Right. So we send it into, you know, a recording studio with, with our engineer. In this case, it's Matt Rafino, mm-hmm. And, uh, and he sits there and, and does his work to it and gets, gets to work and making it sound as, as good as it quen- as, as good as it can. So the, the quality of this is, you know, not to say the other quality is bad, but the quality is, is a hundred times better than what we would release on, on nubs. And the non-technical version is, you know, in this day and age, as you have Spotify and iTunes and you know, Bandcamp and Nugs and this and that, like, you, not everybody has all those subscriptions. You know, not everybody pays for, you know, either one person has Spotify or they have iTunes, you know, or some people just have Nugs and they don't, you know, or some people don't have any of it and then they'll go to Bandcamp. So we're trying to feed the different demographics that live on each one of those planes the people that have nugs have already experienced the show. They've already had it. That's great. And it sounds, the original version sounds great up there. This version is more to cater to the people, you know, a live album that caters to the people that are, that may have a Spotify subscription that don't have a nug subscription and so on and so forth. So it's kind of just a, a tasteful way to just keep hitting different demographics of people and, and, you know, by, by how they stream music. Yeah. And I guess the fans that really love, this set and this show will now have a higher quality show to listen to on Apple music or on Spotify too, which is a bonus. Absolutely. I think most people that have a Nug subscription probably also have a Spotify subscription, but not everyone that has a Spotify subscription right. has a Nug. 
subscription. There's a lot of people that have a Spotify subscription. So you need to like cater to them and like release full length shows and they're super high quality, you know? Well, let's talk about this show. Eight songs, two covers, one instrumental. Um, Sneaker Pimps, Six Underground. I'm curious. I'm always curious about how you guys, and it's not the first time you've played it, but I'm always curious about how you guys find covers because Longview 2 is not a cover that you'd necessarily expect from a band like Spafford. So I'm curious about those two songs. Um, is it your late 90s uh, coming through, your high school days coming through? What is it about those two songs that that make it onto this set list or, or make it in rotation in general? Yeah, I mean, this is the music that we grew up listening to. And it's the music that our fans grew up listening to. And, you know, at least for me, my my journey through music, you know, was, you know, punk rock. And, you know, I mean, I, my albums were Nirvana, Less Than Jake, uh, Silver Chair, Green Day, Cracker, Red Hot Chili Peppers. You know, I mean, that's all the 90s stuff right there. That was, that's what I grew up playing. But at some point I started getting into Bob Marley and then that led me into Allman Brothers and, you know, Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and, you know, and all that stuff. And classic rock is, is pretty affluent in the jam band community. Yeah. As we've formed this band, a jam band, like we looked at our influences and like, why would we just try to just play the Grateful Dead and Pink Floyd and, 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 and stuff like that, which a lot of people have covered. Let's pull the nineties influence of stuff and turn that into jam band music. So it's one of those things that really makes Spafford unique uh and we're happy playing this music i mean that's that that's what gets us off i went my entire life before i met brian without ever listening to the fish song (laughs) (laughs) jam music growing up like the furthest i ever really got was like keller williams you know like i discovered keller you did see disco biscuits disco biscuits at uh langerado a long time ago but i was just going to the festival like to see everything that was there. Like there's, you know, 311 and like Beastie Boys were playing and there's like right. all this other kinds of stuff, you know? And I'm like, huh, who's like, what is Umphreys McGee? What is, <laughs> what is Disco Biscuits? Like those are like cool names, but I like never, you know, got that into the music. So, but I listened to all of the other stuff, Green Day, Sneaker Pimps. Forget what movie installed that song into my brain, but it was on some movie early on it was like oh this is such a cool song yeah a lot of bands do hit 60s and 70s and 80s you know but they they skip the 90s so that's that's where we come in we'll fill your 90s uh gap well it's true you will fill the 90s gap and longview certainly in parts sounds like the original but you guys do make the tune your own like i i couldn't imagine this this version of Longview being a hit on the radio, if for no other reason than it's 30 minutes as opposed to what four. Um, how, how do you probably guys probably, look, that. probably looking at like two minutes and 56 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> how do you take a song that's so classic and, and so part of you know our lives growing up and turn it into this 30 minute uh masterpiece that's so different? in parts from the original obviously you do stay true to the original in in many places but it does take a a pretty significant departure how do you decide how how the song is going to take is it just a jam that you guys come up with is it something that you write like how does how does that all happen look i'll say this once and for all spafford is a jam band 
we go up there with no agenda other than our starting point and our ending point. And what happens in the middle of this thing, that 22 minutes, what's happening in the middle of this is completely unrehearsed. We have no talkback microphones on stage. There's no cues for anything. We are sitting there and listening to each other play music. We can go up there. I, you know, me is with my history of theory and I can go up there with maybe an expectation of how it would get from one place to another but as soon as I'm trying to do that, Jordan's hearing something completely different. And my expectation is now I have to adapt to the situation. And that's how every single one of our jams happens every single night. They are all unplanned. It is pure 100% improvisational music. And that's, like I said, that's what gets us off. That's what we enjoy about this career and this, this passion of ours is is just playing music that is created out of thin air with no select predetermined motive or anything like that. It's just, you know, and look, we didn't think that the version was going to be as good as it, as it was, you know, like sometimes it hits and sometimes it doesn't. And that's the risks that this band is willing to take. But when it does hit, it's the best feeling in the world. And I think that our fans understand and appreciate that. So we've taken something like this, which is a really cool version of a 90s song that you know just shows kind of how versatile a band like Spafford is that can take a 90s song spread it into 22 minutes and it hits all this this in, you know entire magical journey that it goes on to and and now that's why we've tried to release this to a wider audience than just jam band fans you know release this to everybody out there and i think to answer your question of like how does you end up with like a cover of like the original song sounds completely different like this version that we played like how does it end up becoming that you know not even just the jam but like the form of the song if you look at like six underground and longview i think those are two perfect examples of two different approaches to how to take a cover because like six underground is pretty close to the original form longview is completely different and you can look at other covers that we have like soul to squeeze like oftentimes how we end up in like a different place is the song ends up on the list of something that we want to try. And then we play it the original way. And we're like, that original version is so good. And it's so amazing. And like, we just don't sound like that. Like it doesn't sound right. If we try to just play the original version of the song, right? Well, let's try, but we tried to play the original version of soul to squeeze. And I was like, it's kind of boring when we play it. Like it's not the studio version of the chili peppers. Like, Oh, let's try it on a bluegrass. Oh, that's amazing yeah. with Bongi, it's like eh, doesn't sound that good if we try to play it like super close to the original right let's slow it down and like try something different with it and then still right. incorporate the melody that you're used to hearing you know you need to keep the iconic bass line and like some of these other things so just adapt it to a different rhythm but it's super fun when you do something like that like i remember specifically playing that song in nashville and you have people that have never seen the band don't know that we play that cover and they start hearing these familiar elements like looking around the room for acknowledgement from someone else like i feel like i know this song and then brian sings the first words and they're like oh my god like i can't believe this is long and it's like such a cool thing to watch i remember seeing it for the first time at the saint Clair in boston and i was upstairs and i think it was the second night in boston that tour uh probably 2019 or 20 in 
2018 maybe something yeah. like that yeah. and i remember thinking what the these guys have completely lost their mind like this is not this yeah. is so different and then of course it gets to the ruck the you know the ruckus part where everybody right. starts jumping up and down and then you chill out again and it's just the dichotomy of sounds and and what you guys are doing with that tune is it just makes it it makes it a a spafford tune but it makes it so much better a better tune in my opinion than than the original because of the energy right but then you have you know standard instrumentals like the waltz on this record um and that's a jam again but you do have the heads of the song i mean you don't go in blind right you kind of know where this thing is going to go and if it's going to take off or or if you guys decide not to take off with it right yeah i mean we have a set list written and you know and that that is totally up for you know it, it, it it'll change you know depending on if a song is going or not so i'd be curious to see i think maybe the original set list that was written that night maybe we didn't even play half of that um you know because i wouldn't expect that the long view would, would go 22 minutes but what we always say before we walk on stage is is if the song is gonna go don't pull the ripcord on it yeah let it develop and something that happened on that long way it developed so it probably cut off like a few tracks that we did want to play that evening so when you introduce a new player into the band and and at this point Corey's been in the band uh he played with you the spring prior a couple of dates and then he he was with you for about two weeks at this point uh, how how confident are you that he's going to go along with the ride like are you you're all strapped in and ready to go are you are you sure that Corey's ready for for this kind of craziness and mayhem yeah I mean there's nothing else to to do but just throw it at him and everything yeah. that thrown at him he's been you know taken to it really well and that's why he's the right player to join this this project um you know we could always go for a a more highly skilled player or you know or the, someone who wears fancier shoes or something like that but it wouldn't be the same you know having another player other than Corey into, into this band he's the right fit for us and it's been an incredible experience playing with him and and allowing him to you know learn these songs almost as the, as they are are and as they were and then now seeing him start to branch out and make them his own so things are still happening right now they're just as exciting now as you know playing these songs as they were you know five ten years ago yeah i would imagine it re-energizes you guys too right to to see what other people are doing with these tunes and and to see how you can interweave yourself into into what Corey's doing and and come up with something entirely new and different yeah totally. i mean a lot of the early stuff that were like live in nashville is literally like the sound of us like figuring out how we like play together outside of like having rehearsed and playing x amount of shows like we had a feeling like we knew that Corey was the guy and now at this point like it's been confirmed with not just yeah. the playing but adapting to the lifestyle and stepping into the most aggressive like touring schedule we've really like kind of attacked in maybe a history or at least in a long times at least starting in January to ending in like Virginia Beach in April but we played a lot of shows yeah um, you know which was we needed it in a way because we're making you know new history as a you know a new version of this band but like the 
the chemistry and the stuff and especially like that Nashville show remember we all we got done and it was just like this footnote in our mind like man I don't know something happened that night that was just like some next level exploration and yeah you know it's interesting that Nashville's kind of become a great town for jam bands whether it's you guys or, or some of the other bands that are on the scene it's not typically a jam band town, obviously, given the history of the town, but it seems like everybody seems to be really psyched to play to play Nashville these days. What what is it about? What is is it just that people are really into music in Nashville or, or what is it specifically? I mean, as someone who grew up there, it's changed a lot. Like the, the history will forever be rooted in country music, but Nashville is far from just country now. And especially like areas like where the basement east is and parts of town that have just like changed a lot and the city has changed a lot and it's just attracting like all different kinds of people across all different genres to where now you know it's not just primarily country like people are just moving there because it's nice place to live and there's a lot going on and the city's like constantly developing and i think as you bring that and cities change like that. It just brings in like a whole different demographic than would have been there 20 years ago. You know, like the, the parts of town where people are playing and things are happening, like did not exist in the way that they do now 20 years ago. Um, you know, looking at like Basement East or the new Brooklyn Bowl, um, some of these venues that are popping up as these kind of new like jam band hotspots, like those parts of town and the people that fill them and everything has changed so much. Um, in Nashville over the last, you know, 20 years, 15 years, it's constantly developing that I think now it's become more of a melting pot than just strictly like people going there to make their name in the world of country music. I think it's the way people are listening to music as well. I mean, you know, growing up, I remember when, when, when Fish was all the rage, I mean, that's all anybody listened to. And I think a lot of people would say the same thing about the Grateful Dead. When you listen mm -hmm. to music, just listen to the Grateful Dead. Now there's a lot more accessibility to music. So I think there's a lot more crossover of stuff. Um, you know, and I think that a lot of people that are in Nashville who were growing up as, you know, the country and rock and all that, you know, are, they're, they're the hybrid of the people who also listen and to jam band music now, nowadays. Um, the surrounding areas around Nashville are also popping off too. I mean, we just played a, a show in Chattanooga, yeah. which was, you know, a killer turnout for that area. We've never been in that area before. Beautiful it's only, even. yeah, only, it's only an hour, 15 minutes away from Nashville, which anybody wants to go catch. That's not, that's not a, too much of a commute to go see a show. Right. Uh, you know, Knoxville's always been like really good. I mean, there's totally. a lot of great places in, in Tennessee itself, you know, that's, that's formulating, you know, the South is just, they're loving the jam band stuff and, and we've been doing really well in the South. So um i don't know there's run, everything we have we saw some new places like yeah. playing in savannah and uh wilmington wilmington lake like you know yeah we're finding a lot of love down there so raleigh nice. atlanta all that stuff you know i think when we do like a big show like this people are coming out from all of those areas to to, to see these shows so maybe spafford will play the grand old opry one day oh <gasps> without die one, one <laughs> Uh, Corey, glad they brought you in. Um, we were talking about your playing and, you know, they're not sure yet if you're the right guy. Um, <laughs> uh, it's been a few months, uh, you know, six or seven months, but they're still not convinced. Are you convinced? Like, are you when you step on the stage with these guys and are jamming on, you know, we talked about Longview at great length. When, when you're playing a song like Longview that you know from your youth, but becomes this 
incredibly different song. Are you right there? Like, do you do you get what's going on? Are you? I mean, obviously, we hear you playing, but but uh, intellectually or even emotionally, are you understanding what's going on and 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 how to follow these guys and and also make the song your own in many ways? I believe so. Yes, and that's that's part of that's part of this whole thing. And and I think that everybody feels like that happened almost immediately i'm just speaking for myself but we've talked about it as well and it's kind of uncanny how 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 well we we melded with each other in my opinion and um yeah i i <laughs> i know i know right where they are and they they know right where i am and i think at this point um we're finally accepting that it, it really is happening because it's uh it's it's surprising how how um how smooth it seems. Um, this tour continues now till uh, middle of July, and then you take a break. It must be different for uh, Jordan and um, Mr. Moss now with children. I mean, is is it like only twenty more dates, and I get to go home, uh, Brian? Is it is it? Well, thank God we're not at home. Like, what what's the what's the mood like? And specifically for the two of you who are who are dads now. Is it is it uh, enjoy this time on the road or is it you know how much longer do we have to be out on the road? Look, the, 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 as deep as I could get, my commitment to this band and my commitment to my family is very symbiotic right now, and I'm leaving my wife and my child at home for a period of time because I enjoy doing what I'm doing, and I'm not going to come out here and grovel. Uh, you know, about the fact that I'm I'm not home. I mean, I'm out here to do a job. I'm out here for my own personal therapy. Um, this is what I love to do. And I've been really grateful, you know, with my wife and my son, you know, to allow me to come out and still fulfill, you know, daddy's pipe dream of wanting to be a musician, which is, you know, how many times do your parents just say, look, are you sure you don't want to be an accountant? Right. Are you sure you don't want to be a lawyer? Are you sure this is working out? And, you know, my mom said that to me like a week ago. And it's like, you know, it's like you don't get it. It's not about like the money necessarily. It's not, you know, it's about that this is what I was put here to do and I'm going to do it. So when I leave my family, I just... You know, I love hanging out with these guys. I love playing music with these guys. I love traveling. I love, you know, trying new food and meeting new people and, you know, seeing seeing old friends or new friends. And I, I just, I love everything about it. So, uh, and then when I'm home, I dedicate my life to being a dad and a husband. And I love that. And, um, I'm, you know, it's taken a long time to figure out the balance on how to make both of these things work. Uh, it's not been been easy, but um, you just you just keep if, if your determination is there to want to make it work, then it, it eventually will. Yeah. And Jordan, you're away from your twin. That must be that must be story stories like your twin almost. No, it's a little <laughs> mini me. Yeah, especially the way she dances. I saw in some 
post. Actually, right now it's like the skyrocket phase, you know. So like yeah. it even 48 hours, like I mean, let alone, you know, the time between when she was born to when we ended in April and like how many shows we played. But even now it's like even worse because I'm like, man, like she's grows and changes her perception like so fast now. But at the same time, like I know like I'm building something that like she can enjoy also one day. And, you know, whether she becomes a musician or herself or just enjoys, like, the fun stuff that comes with, like, daddy having to be away all the time, like, you know, it's like building a life for her. And it's like what Brian said, it's the same conversation I've had my, with my wife. And she says to me, it's like, she's like, it's okay that you're leaving, but make sure that you, like, enjoy yourself because you better enjoy what you're doing if you're yeah. leaving family to go do it. And like she's, you know, it's like the support is there. It's like, but go, go, give it your all, and like do, you know, be when you're there, be there. When you're here, be here. It's also been nice to to tour around the East Coast the way that we are right now, being rooted here. Because I left on, let's say today's Friday. Uh, We were doing some studio time this week, so I was kind of in and out of the house like Monday and or Sunday, Monday. And then I've been gone basically since Tuesday away from away from the family, but we're in Canandaigua, New York right now. Yeah. And then we're at Portsmouth tomorrow for three nights. And guess who's coming? My wife and my son. Right. You know, and, and a lot of these shows are kind of like that, you know, uh, Corey's girlfriend gets to come out, you know, we see Lizzie and story a whole bunch and it's great. We love having the family, even if it's somebody else's wife, you know, or child like there, it, it just makes you feel a little bit more at home because at least somebody's like showing up and it's, it's that you get that family aspect. So we've had a lot more of that than, than we have in recent times. And that's been a big change for us. Cause like, if you looked at like a tour like this for us rooted from Arizona, we're looking yeah. at like, where can we find a cheap Airbnb to post up in between this string of shows? We'd be gone for four or like, five weeks, six gone. weeks. Yeah. Go yeah. do this yeah. handful of shows where instead I'm like looking at my schedule from now till july and it's like okay i've got a nice break to look at and there's also like some good little you know those few days like they really matter like when you can go home and like oh it's always worth it even though like i'm probably going to be exhausted when i come back but if i can get home and like you know see my family for like a few hours and then go back it's like totally worth it two more questions one you said you're in the studio uh working on music um are we talking about a winter release? Are we talking about a 2024 release? What 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 are you guys thinking about on that front? I think what's really cool is that you know Corey made a post about live in Nashville, and he what, what did you say? You said finally meeting guys in the realm of of Spotify, right. and I pulled him aside and I was like, "What did you mean by your post?" You know, like I was trying to decipher this, and 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 I was like, "Is this your fir- oh, this is your first live release on Spotify?" Right. So. You know, but we've done obviously plenty of Nugs releases, um, you know, and we're we're just kind of like ticking those boxes. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's safe to say that we're we're always recording. We're always working on music. Everybody here is pouring out music all the time. And now that Corey's here, we're looking at the songs that he's bringing to the table as well. So, yeah, I mean, we're always we're working on a studio album. We're working on Corey's first studio album with the band. And, you know, it's at the beginning stages of everything. And it takes a while to develop the concept and and get all the stuff done but you know when we're in between these shows and all the stuff we're back at home and once again kind of sacrificing our time with our families to be in a studio and and work on that so um 
yeah, I mean, like everybody get ready. Like this band is, is firing on all cylinders and, and we're trying to show the world, like, you know, that we're still, you know, the same band that we've been, you know, the whole time. And, and we have a new fantastic, great player with us. And, you know, the jams are same, but different. And, and, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're very much present and we, you know, hope that people will come out to a show and, buy merch and 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 stream the music and and all that all that good stuff and continue to support us because we wouldn't be able to be here without the fan support we've done a lot in six months with Corey. yeah sixth month yet but what we've the amount of shows that we've played and the music that we've created and like what we're doing now like what we just finished was you know working with matt like finally getting to take that relationship in person and like so much stuff that's been remote for us because of this and that and touring and schedules and locations and now like being rooted on the east coast and like doing this stuff like we've just people uh we, we've got a lot in store for uh for the world final question you played the uh famous blue note ballroom uh two questions about it one how cool was it playing the blue note and b how small was that stage the stage was not as small as some other stages we've been on. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was small, but it was small. I've always because I'm right next to Nick and he's got drum shields, yeah. so it yeah. eats up a lot of my available airspace that just happens to be right where the headstock of my yeah. bass usually is. Yeah. So I have like this little barrier to like tap into every now and then. It was a it was, it was a very <laughs> cool. It was weird. Um, it was, but it was fun, and you know I think the fans really appreciated it. Um, what I thought was really cool is there was there was two shows basically a night. Um, it's almost like us doing two sets, but we had like an hour and 15 or hour and 30 minute intermission in between each set. And, you know, the early crowd was was really cool because it was people that were all come from all over the world. They're visiting New York. Every time they visit New York, they don't know what to do. So they go to the Blue Note. So we're meeting people from Germany and Tokyo and Switzerland and this and that. Oh. And like, yeah, what? France. Oh, France. Talk to a guy from France. Frogs. France. France. Talk to a guy from France. You know, and they, it's like, you know, it was so cool to witness, you know, playing music. I'm like, okay, these people go to the Blue Note all the time, you know? Yeah. And at the set, at the, they're like, that was awesome. We're like, cool, because we just played like a 30 minute jam. <laughs> you know, and we're just hanging on. We're, and they were hanging on. Out. Yeah, they weren't leave, they didn't leave. Never they didn't they have no idea what they're experiencing. They didn't speak. what they just walked into, can barely even talk to the people that are in there. It was yeah. certainly different for a lot of those people. I bet they never heard anything like that, you know, especially yeah. coming out of the blue note. So it was really cool to be that, you know, and then they're they're buying some merch at the end and we're saying hi to them. So that was really cool. The late show you know especially since these shows were on like a monday tuesday wednesday or something like the late show was our fans they pushed the tables aside and they were raging like the whole time you know right. so it was really cool to have like the good mix of 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 the that those two shows i would most certainly do it again and uh and i was honored to play there and and be selected to to play at the blue note as a bass player it might have been my favorite stage because it the way they had a ambient mic in the room it's you know very short distance from the stage to the wall it's like a rectangle layout it's a long box yeah they had this mic up there and it was pointed at the stage and like the way the pa fell and my bass fell and my in-ear monitors it was like i was in one gigantic bass rig and <laughs> it was incredible 
was like, man, I wish that I could feel and sound that way like every night. And Corey, you you know, you visited there when I always wanted to play the Blue Note. Yeah, I was in high school when I went there. I saw Dizzy Gillespie Big Band. Most most recently, I went and saw my favorite favorite saxophonist ever, Kenny Garrett. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, when I was at last year, I didn't even enter my mind that I would be playing there anytime soon. That was definitely a dream of mine. And uh, yeah, we got to do it. It was it was awesome. I played some sax and. We um, played a little differently because we were there. It was awesome. Always wanted to do that. It was extra. Corey was making it extra jazzy. I was trying not to. (laughs) I was was like consciously trying not to. It's impossible. Everybody was trying. Yeah, yeah. See the guy next to me, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I wonder what he's thinking. He probably needs this. Yeah, check this out real quick. Um, You guys are sounding better than ever. Uh, I've been listening to the whole tour, whatever's available on Nugs. And obviously this Nashville show sounds great. Continued success, guys. We're on your side. We're always rooting for you. And uh, hopefully we'll see you real soon. We love you. Thank you so much. You too, guys. Take care. Always a great pleasure catching up with the boys from Spafford. For more on the band and their tour, visit Spafford.net. Before we leave you, let's listen to another track off of Nashville Live. Here is Left on the Runway.
You've been listening to The Sound Podcast. Technical production by Adam Karsh and Andrea Ruse. Inspired by the music we love. For more, visit thesoundpodcast.com.